I'm launching a course called Successful ADHD Entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, and I've had ADHD for a little bit longer than that. Over that time, I've learned quite a few things that make me quite effective. People even call me organized. After many people asked me to, I have created a course to share what I've learned with you. Get details at neurodiversity.me slash course. The first run is limited to only 20 students, and the first class is April 20th, so don't put this one off neurodiversity.me slash course. My name is Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy. I'm a global connector, networking concierge, and coach. For two decades, I believed that my ADHD was a disability. Only at the age of 41 would I come to realize that my ADHD was an incredible asset. And when I leaned into that, I achieved greater success than ever before. ADHD is the engine behind my own success as a networker and coach. Over the past few years, I've spoken with thousands of entrepreneurs and found that many of them have some kind of neurodiverse diagnosis, ADHD, autism, dyslexia, OCD, and more. Like me, for many of them, their neurodiversity is indeed the very source of their success. On this show, we will change the narrative on neurodiversity. I've heard enough about the challenges and how hard it can be. I want to hear about how awesome we are. It's time to start talking about how our neurodiversity can be an asset for ourselves, our communities, and our businesses. It's time to start talking about neurodiversity superpowers. Welcome to another episode of the Neurodiversity Superpowers Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy. And I have with us Michael Bozinski. Um, Buzz has been with me on the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast, which is his first time on the Neurodiversity Superpowers podcast. Buzz, as he is known to his friends and many other people, is a lifelong entrepreneur, digital marketing thought leader, and best-selling author, dubbed a visionary marketer by the American Marketing Association. Michael, or Buzz's, sole mission is to reduce the prevalence of entrepreneurial poverty in the U.S., Buzz, as most call him, has simplified digital marketing success with the rule of 26 to help business owners avoid the time drain and frustration of managing profitable digital marketing campaigns. And uh, so we were talking before we got started because we've I've got diagnosed ADHD and he's got undiagnosed ADHD. And <laughs> they were like, hey, we should probably actually hit record on this interview. So, Buzz, <laughs> welcome to the recorded part of the show. Great to have you. I feel like the recorded part of the show is going to be shorter than the unrecorded part. But, but it'll be intense and warmed up. So start by telling us a little bit about your, your success story and why people want to be like you. I don't know if anybody wants to be like me. <laughs> um, my success story. See, I was just writing my bio for a keynote that I'm doing later this month. And um, I have to like review, like, what have I done? So I've, I'm a decorated U.S. veteran, uh, Air Force veteran. I have built multiple multi-million dollar enterprises. I have owned multiple uh, small businesses. And I am the proprietor of a very successful digital marketing and integrated marketing firm called Buzzworthy Integrated Marketing. A failed musician, dyslexic, and an undiagnosed ADHD. <laughs> Who right. wants to be there? <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like a multi-million dollar business sounds pretty cool. And uh, and the problem is, is that, yes, we were bringing, I was just telling you that earlier, is like I was bringing in multi-million dollar years and not paying myself very well. So mm. I, I sat in entrepreneurial poverty is what we call it for over a decade, almost a decade and a half. So now people probably want to be more like me than than the previous me of years gone by. So like the huge amounts of money passed through your hands, but none of it actually stops in your hands? 
Yeah. So I was running a multi-million dollar creative agency and we were doing right around 2.3 million in revenue. I was not paying myself withdrawals and everything over. I wasn't even hitting six figures. I wasn't even close wow. to hitting six figures. Yeah, that's that's not so good if you're uh... that's what we call entrepreneur poverty. It's not that you're poor, it's not that you're homeless or unhomed, I think is what they're saying now, which is horrible for my dyslexia. How do you say that when you're saying un unhomelessness? Unhomed, yeah. home, I, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so the uh, so the uh, now so that so that company was working at like three percent margins. And as you know, three percent margins is not that's not a good place for a, good, no. especially a multi-million dollar organization that has a thirteen thousand square foot facility, twenty-two employees, the whole nine Ooh. yards. Oh, we yeah. were serving three hundred companies a year. Now we're running at a fifteen percent margin. So five times the margin. Better. If I have a bad half of a year, I can now pay all of my bills if nobody paid me their bills for six months. That's a better place to be. Right. And now, so what I do in my marketing is help people with their price strategies, because that was one of my, my bad things, mm -hmm. uh, making sure that they are not stuck in entrepreneurial poverty, make sure that what they're doing is profitable and creating ROI and all those types of things. And that's when I, I wrote my book, The Rule of 26, was basically, hey, listen, there's a lot of vanity KPIs out there mm -hmm. when it comes to marketing. Let's get rid of vanity because the only good like vanity is profit, mm -hmm. right? Because everybody's like, Revenue. Yes, I've been there. I can say those words, multi-million dollar, blah, 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 blah. That's great. But the vanity, the, the, that's vanity. It's a vanity metric. I'm making more now than you were when you had a multi-million dollar company. Exactly. And uh, you're probably <laughs> a six-figure company. <laughs> you yeah. know? So it's like, yeah, that, that, that's the true, the truism, if you will, on that. And so that's where all of our marketing strategies and my marketing tactics are built around the rule of 26 and profitability. Everything has to move the revenue needle so that you can profitably run a business. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the, yeah, the overhead on my, my green screen office here is actually remarkably low. And and so so I think we've, we've demonstrated a little bit of this. You, you mentioned dyslexia and uh, likely ADHD, which I'm I'm willing to go along with. And and I, I think that the people do not often associate dyslexia with being able to write a book and run a company around marketing that involves a lot of you know writing and <laughs> copy creation and whatnot and math. Lots of math. <laughs> yeah. So, so talk a bit about how, how dyslexia and, and your hyperactive brain have helped contribute to success. So I think the ADHD, that part allows me the, it's weird. It's not supposed to give me, it doesn't allow me focus, right? That's the, that's the hurdle I have to go over, but it allows me to think outside of most people's boxes. Mm -hmm. So when I think of stuff, I think of them much more with much more complexity um, than they actually should. But then it allows me to look at a situation in many different ways before then bringing it down to whatever is the actual output. So that right there in the ideal world, it's huge. Like I sit in a room and my, it's so funny because my employees usually go like, where do you come up with these things? I said, yeah. I don't know. It From this little noggin up here above my eyes just seems to be able to spit things out and i have no idea where they come from it's it's just that my brain is doing things so much faster than my mouth can and that when i'm listening to something the cpu in the back or the ram or however you want to say it in the back of my brain yep. is is queuing up ideas and concepts that when i'm asked just come out boom 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 so that's i think that's where the adhd 
a superpower comes like yeah. just the being able to go way way out there and go whoosh that's awesome now that gets me in trouble sometimes too so i have to like worry about that where where my dyslexia probably is probably the most prevalent is that i start with the end in mind so when i talk you'll notice sometimes i'll say the end of a sentence first and then i'll have to back it up so that people understand what I'm saying. Now, that comes from ADHD and dyslexia put together because yep. I'm talking faster than my brain can think and I'm thinking backwards. But when I wrote my book, every coach will tell you, you don't name your book until it's written. I am about to write my second book and I can already tell you what the name of the book is because that's how my brain works. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's right now, I can't write the book from the beginning out. I have to start like at the end and, and work my way back with my outline and then fill in the blanks going forward. But the great thing about that is that I have less revisions. So my first book only went through three editors and uh, I've heard people going through five or six rounds of edits. And I'm like, that sucks. I don't want to do that at all. <laughs> I, don't wanna, yep. I don't even want to read the book after that. Right? Well, yeah, and that, that sounds powerful. Actually, I recently interviewed uh, Paul Daniels, who's a dyslexic business coach, and he teaches people to be more dyslexic because what he's found is that part of dyslexia, apparently studies so dyslexics have wider peripheral vision, like their eyes actually see further out. Um, so, But it's also <laughs> peripheral thinking beyond that, that dyslexics see things beyond just what's in front of them, which is you know, a powerful business tool and bringing ideas together. And, and so that, that sounds like some of what you're saying mm -hmm. uh, with, with the out-of-the-box thinking and, and those kinds of things, you know, bringing those, all those different ideas in together. And, and then you know, the thing about marketing that I'm, I'm always thought the way I should be writing my emails is absolutely not how I do them, my emails. But the way I should be writing, <laughs> starting with, you know, what is the objective? And mm -hmm. then work backwards. Mm -hmm. um, and and I'm just like, I'm telling a story. <laughs> and at the end, and uh, I've got a summit coming up. You should come to it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, with yours, you're like, what is the thesis of my book? And then you work backwards. And so it right. ends up being unified. And actually, and it, it, you're exactly right. Like page 22 of the rule of 26 is the, is the rule of 26. And the rest of the book are all the tactics that that support it. And so far, everybody likes that because, one, I get to the point. Yep. And then, two, they know what they're reading about. So that's good. Uh, when I'm writing emails, there are times where the la the first thing I write ends up getting cut and pasted at the bottom <laughs> once I go to proofread it. Because I have a tendency to get to the point, but so much so that by itself and to open with it doesn't make any sense. It actually makes sense when it has context. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, it's the most beautiful line, but I have to wait till I'm ready and I get the rest of it done to where I can then place it. Mm. So, um, yeah. So in writing, it's funny because that helps me in marketing because we have to be extremely brief. Sometimes we have three seconds and a matter of five words to get our point across. And so when we talk about a double entendres, I'm like the master of them. Nice. Because <laughs> I only get to say one thing, but I want to say three. And I, I think this is, is really powerful because, of course, part of the mission of this podcast is that some people might be listening to it who have dyslexia or ADHD or something like that. And mm -hmm. and may, if they're still in school, they may still believe that they have a disability and that they are just less than, you know, oh, I wish my brain was normal, um, which is why I, I often have mm -hmm. jokingly say, why do people want to be like you? But mm -hmm. you know, they're thinking, I wish, I wish my brain was normal. And you're like, but this brain is how I made all that money. Now, it took you all to figure out how to keep all that money, but you still didn't make all that money. Yeah, I made a lot of money. And I, and, you know, and I make a lot of people a lot of money now, and so that makes me more money. So it's it's not like I got stuck and, and never got to come back out of it. I got to learn my lesson, right? But I also think that the people who are coming up through school right now 
are at a disadvantage because you have professionals out there telling them be, that the way that their brain works is wrong. When I grew up, nobody said my brain was wrong because my dyslexia and my ADHD was not like you didn't go to the doctor when you were hyperactive. You were just a kid, right? And when I would talk to all my kids and all my friends in class, it was because I wasn't getting challenged enough. Yeah. And that was before special ed was for higher learning, right? And we didn't have tests to say, oh, his brain's working much faster and he learns much faster. So we're gonna have to put him in a different pace so he doesn't bug the kids that don't learn as fast. So I'd get the great grades on the scholastic side and the horrible on the, uh, what do they call it? Um, participation? Per not participation, but uh, yeah, it's, it's like participation, but That's it's- awesome. um, yeah, I don't know. It's it, this is my problem here. It's in my brain and I can't get it out. I, so I barely remember I even went to school. So yeah, there you go. Um, citizenship. That's what it was. Oh, called. okay. Citizenship. So you had the like, you had the grade for like doing the work, and then what was your citizenship like? And I was a disruptor because I was one hyperactive, and I was really fast at doing my work. Right. So then I'm sitting there like this, and my best friend's behind me, and I'm done in five minutes, and the teacher's giving us fifteen, and I'm just like. I need to do something. I need to talk to somebody. And I lived on a farm, so I didn't get to see my friends every day. So, like, going to school was the fun part of the year. Yeah, it was, it was, when I was in school, because uh, I'm, I'm in the, the Northeast here, which has, you know, mm -hmm. more progressive school. So we did have an idea of what ADHD is. I, I was diagnosed in college, but okay. I, they were aware that there was there was something. And, and there was some talk about, uh, I remember when I was diagnosed, they, they said, you can get additional time on, on tests. I'm like, I need that like a hole in the head. Right. Just like, could, could I get less time on tests? Would that be an option? I <laughs> if, like I, if I, if I, if I finish it early, do I get more points? Yeah. For could everyone I that I get like right. 45 minutes to get plus 10 points or just do it in 45 minutes and leave. That would be fine too. Yeah. The, yes. Yeah. The, the, the accommodations they had were, were interesting. And, and I, I think you're right that, that so the, the upside is with these diagnoses, you know, ADHD kids aren't called disruptive. Right. Um, dyslexics aren't called slow and lazy and you know it's good <laughs> that they're called what they are right. but i think there's definitely this tone of of um it's certainly not pointed out as a positive it's like you have you know you have dyslexia and yeah. and that's okay because everyone's special in right. their own way like do <laughs> so you mean i'm stupid okay right. i get it yeah. like just tell me i'm stupid like you don't have to tell me i'm special in my own way because that's just code for stupid Right. And and what they don't realize, and and of course the teachers don't know our stories, you know, mm -hmm. and that's that's what I'm trying to do is share these stories. But like, here's someone else. Here's another <laughs> guest who made millions of dollars because he's dyslexic. I, I literally don't know how to quit. I don't know where that that where that fits into everything. I think that I I do think that it gives people an excuse though. Oh, I can't do that because I have ADHD, or I can't I can't concentrate because I have ADHD. Bullshit. I don't take drugs for it. And I have a nephew who did. He had ADD and ADHD, something. Anyway, he was they on Adderall. They changed the definitions and... faster than they changed the decision. Exactly, right? And I so, guess. and I don't know the difference between the two. I'm not a physician. So, but I know that he, when he was on the drug that they would give him, it made him a zombie. And so kids that are basically dumbed down, you know, and put to sleep, they're walking zombies. I, I can't imagine that being a happy life. And instead of just going, you know what? We're going to work on this. We're going to work on how you mm -hmm. can manage this because- I haven't met a dumb ADHD. And I definitely, most dyslexic that I've met are much smarter than me. They're, they're geniuses because they're seeing things in a different way. Mm -hmm. And when you get to see things in a different point of view than the person right next to you, you become the genius because yeah. you're the one that's going to be able to solve problems that, they, that other people in the room can't. And so to me, 
you know, medicating it is the worst thing. That's just me. And that's because I grew up without it. Right. I grew up without the the medications and I just dealt with the Mm -hmm. onslaught of like, you need to shut up buzz. And why don't you just calm down? Or why don't you just do it this way? Oh no, I found another way to do it. I want to do it this way because it's faster. No, it's not here. Let me show you. Oh my God, that's faster. Shut up buzz. Well, yeah, I think that's the, the important thing is recognizing, and this goes beyond neurodiversity too. You know, everyone has different gifts and greatnesses mm-hmm. and to recognize that, yeah, that minimum wage high school kid may know something you don't. So do you want to feel smart or do you want to make more money? And- yeah, it was be right or be happy. And uh, my wife says that. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you want to be right or you want to be happy? And like, I, I look at this with, with my daughter who she probably has ADHD. Interestingly, our school this, the, our local public school is very progressive in the way they teach. That you know the kids mm-hmm. they never do something for more than forty five minutes. They keep them moving. There you so go. I've yet to have a teacher say she might have ADHD, although we're strongly thinking she does, because ADHD is much more a teaching disability than a learning disability. If you have a proper environment, that, that's why it suddenly appeared recently mm-hmm. because school suddenly got dumb recently and <laughs> you know suddenly became problematic. But uh, you know I, I'm looking at this as a as a coach. You know it's kind All of right. training I have. That's that's how yeah. even before I was a coach, I was still studying Zig Ziglar and Gary Vee yeah. and all them. Mm-hmm. So I look at it from a coaching perspective of what's my job as a parent? Mm-hmm. It is to launch her like an aircraft carrier mm-hmm. to success at 18, 20, 22, mm-hmm. so that she is a successful adult. My job is to build a successful adult. adult. Mm-hmm. And a lot of parents make the mistake of thinking their job is to make a good kid. Mm-mm. And a good kid is quiet and docile mm-hmm. and obedient mm-hmm. and gets mm-hmm. good grades and does what they're told. And that makes an awful, miserable, unsuccessful adult. So yep. if I have to put up with some temper tantrums and some challenges to do my job, okay. I was a latchkey kid. Mm-hmm. So one, I, I so my grade school time in life was uh, in, on a farm up in Northern California. So not, I mean, California, pr- pretty progressive. But when you get out in the country, those schools don't, I mean, you're basically getting bred to be farmhands. Yep. basically right so country's the country right so reading books was not highly encouraged it wasn't discouraged but it wasn't highly encouraged there wasn't a lot of books laying around so all of those things i didn't read a lot until i was an adult and until later in life like in my 30s and i say in life i'm i'm not even uh 50 yet but it seems like a long time ago when i started reading and i so i wasn't one of those guys who read um fiction I can count on my two hands the actual length of book, like full, actually full-length books that I read in high school, less than 10. I can tell you the stories because there's only 10 of them, <laughs> right? Lord, uh, Lord of the Flies was one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Macbeth was another one. The, the very few times would I actually get through a whole book because I just I, – I get bored. Mm-hmm. And I would go to – actually, reading puts me to sleep. And I think it's because my brain has to work so hard to yep. keep going. Right. So my ADHD tunes out halfway through a page and starts thinking about something else that I'm reading about. And then I and it picks it back up. My brain keeps reading and tracking. So my eyes are tracking through my I can hear it. Right. But my brain's doing something else. And then I have to go back to where I, I left off and read it again. Right. So a lot of times I'm reading things twice and then sometimes I have to read it multiple times because I'm reading it backwards in my brain. So okay. I see the entire sentence, but I'm I'm reading it backwards. And so it doesn't make any sense. And then I have to wait for my brain to go, oh, there we go. Boom. This is the crazy thing. I'm wondering if that's why I'm so good with math in my head. Mm-hmm. Because how do you do math but backwards? When you, when you do it manually, mm-hmm. everything's backwards. So now they have the new math, which is they do it forwards. 
where they go, you know, you add all the hundreds and then the tens and then the singles. And somehow they, they figured out how to do that. Or when we did, it was like, you do the single digit, then you do the 10 digit, then you do the hundred digit and dot, 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 right? Boom, boom, boom. You did that mm -hmm. same thing with your division. You did the same thing with your multiplication, dot, 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 right? So I'm wondering if that's why my wife calls me the walking calculator, because I can just go, so, you know, da, 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 da. Somebody, somebody will give out a couple numbers and I wonder what the average on that is. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's 17%. What? How did you do that? I, said, I don't know. Is it right? Will somebody get a calculator out and see if it's right at least? <laughs> I just said numbers. I don't know the right. <laughs> My brain just comes out. And that's the thing is if I think about it, it won't happen. It'll start getting mm. discombobulated. But if I just let my brain come out with it, it does it does it does it on its own. So anyway. it must have been great when teacher said show your work and you're like, oh, I hated showing my work. Okay. Especially oh, in algebra. Because I could look at an algebraic equation and go, Oh yeah, that's the X is this and Y is this. And they're like, Well, how do you know? I says, Because and then I would tell them, and you're like, now show that. Show that in the work. I'm work geometry well, was my worst because i would mix up what do they call them theorems mm -hmm. i would mix up the theorems oh yeah yeah geometry is always uh, i have so much trouble with that. It's all memorization and oh uh, yeah uh, Memori it's memorizing it's things sucks supposed to be about logic except you have to memorize everything first and i was an actor and i could and when i had big monologues i could handle but when i had conversations i would die i would just die so i was uh, basically reserved for comic relief and one-liners uh, okay because then i could because those i got all i had to do was wait for a cue and i had it boom 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 and i could do and my timing was good enough and uh my theatrics were or comical so <laughs> it was always good for that but like unless it was a monologue and i was the only one talking i sucked at my lines i hated <laughs> memorizing lines <laughs> Well, so this has been great. It's great as always to talk to you, which is why we talked for so long before we hit record. Uh, <laughs> as always. Um, final thought, if, if someone is listening to this and maybe they're, they're younger, diagnosed with dyslexia, um, they are they're thinking it is a disability, or maybe they've listened to enough episodes, they know it's not pure disability, but they're still not sure, like, but what do I do with it? What would your message be to a young person who is struggling to figure out how their dyslexia can be a superpower for them? I think that it's really important to pay attention to how you manage your day-to-day -day life. Start looking at the things that are really easy and look at it and, and look at what that is. Like, how do you process that? So if you're dyslexic, and we know that we jumble things around. It's not always backwards. It just gets jumbled, Right. Um, so sometimes the middle becomes the end and beginning comes the, you know, the middle and all that other stuff. Right. So, you know, depending on your dyslexia, uh, it, you're going to deal with different things differently than other people and understanding how it works in your favor is actually more powerful than how it doesn't work in your favor. And then once you start, cause then it gives you confidence and confidence mm -hmm. is a huge thing. I had imposter syndrome forever. And one of the reasons probably my dyslexia and my ADHD, because I was different. I, I thought differently. I spoke conversations mm -hmm. are different with me in a social setting. Like, cause I don't, I don't know what to say half the time to add to the conversation. And when I do, people are like, huh? and then I tell them what I'm thinking. And then like, Oh, that's oh, okay. And I have to explain myself, which hey, I, I, I hate that part. So anyway, with that said, once you get the confidence of like what, what it's doing for you, then what you need, all I could say is then go back to the things that you feel is hindering you. And go, what can I do instead? If you can get around not doing the things that you suck at in life, mm -hmm. you're going to be so much better than trying to get good at things you'll never be good at. That's some great advice. I may have my assistant pull that out of the video. 
<laughs> like I may pull that. I'm not gonna. I, that's not a thing I'm good at. I shouldn't do yeah. that. I should have someone else do that. Yeah. But that is great advice. I love it. So thank you so much for sharing that. And if people want to get in touch with you and connect around marketing or anything else, how would they get in touch with the great Buzz? Well, Michael Bazinski as Buzz. Uh, this is a regular Buzz uh, at Buzzworthy.biz is my integrated marketing firm. And if you're interested in the book, go to ruleof26.com and you can see how a dyslexic writes his own book. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been great. And have to call you next time I'm putting on another podcast to have you on that one. Too. Awesome. Sounds great. Thanks for having me, Michael. This has been the Neurodiversity Superpowers Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse. Sign up to get every episode at neurodiversitysuperpowers.me. Join our Facebook group on facebook.com slash groups slash neurodiversity superpowers. Thank you so much for joining us. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'm launching a course called Successful ADHD Entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, and I've had ADHD for a little bit longer than that. Over that time, I've learned quite a few things that make me quite effective. People even call me organized. After many people ask me to, I have created a course to share what I've learned with you. Get details at neurodiversity.me course. The first run is limited to only 20 students, and the first class is April 20th, so don't put this one off neurodiversity.me slash course.